That's a clown question, bro. Hey, what's up on you? So I'm gonna kick some dirt. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm not the type of player that's gonna be Johnny Hustle. If you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Christianta. Over there to my actual right in person is Daniel Kern. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, it's been a rather slow week, but uh, that just means opening day is getting a little bit closer. And that's that's very fun. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, I think the Trevor Bauer deal and maybe the Justin Turner deal might have just put a, put a nice end on significant moves of the offseason. Now everything's just kind of tinkering. And that's what actually we're going to be highlighting is yeah. who's left on the market. I don't think there's any big trades that are going to happen between now and opening day. Yeah. So I think it's kind of just these guys that are left on the free agent market. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not like last year where there was a team with a specific goal to, you know, get rid of, get rid of uh, cap space or uh, get rid of salary. And if they did, and if they needed to do that, they, it's already been done. Like, that's yeah. what the Rockies did. That's what the Indians did. Like, the teams that needed to cut payroll already did so. Yeah, and then, like, the one, the one name that's been floating around – has is like Chris Bryant, but I don't think he's he shouldn't be going anywhere. Andy Martino from uh, SNY wrote uh, like at the beginning of January, Chris Bryant could be traded as soon as this weekend. It has been six weekends <laughs> since that since that, and uh, he's I mean, still on the Cubs. I mean, it, it was a possibility. Chris Bryant could be traded as soon as this weekend as well. He could be. He could, he could be. be. I mean, he could be traded as soon as this week because it's he it's could Monday. be he could be traded within the hour. He could be. Yeah, he could be. Like real, I mean, like realistically. He's, see, that's, probably not, but it it could. That's a good way to. That's a good way to not be wrong. Yeah. Just be like, yeah. Trevor Bauer could be signing with the Mets. <laughs> it's possible. You, you know, we could see it. I mean, you know, Bob Nightingale said that the Trevor Bauer and the Mets had a deal. They never said it was to sign with the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> so he covered they, his they, they, they agreed that he was going to go to the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The deal was, uh, no, we're not going to sign. I'm, I'm not going to sign with the Mets. <laughs> That's, yeah, there was never any, any any numbers in that. The Mets and Trevor Bauer are in an agreement and that it, it's he's not going to be yeah. in Queens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's what Bob Nightingale uh, meant. Yeah. Yeah, that's say. what he meant, yeah. But, all you guys hating on him, you got to cut, cut him some slack. He was trying to say that he, they've agreed that he's going to the Dodgers. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, the, the, the Bauer deal and the Justin Turner deal kind of put a cap on the, uh, the big, you know, big names of the offseason. You know, now we get to, uh, you know, everyone will get excited about pitchers and catchers for, for whatever reason. Well, I mean, as I've said, like we get blurry photos from journalists of infielders taking ground balls. If that doesn't scream baseball is back, I don't know what does. There's nothing, nothing gets me goosed up like, like uh, Clayton Kershaw covering first base on a PFP, (laughs) making, getting the ball from a batting practice coach who's playing first base for the moment and, uh, you know, getting that fielding work in I, I love to see that yeah that's I also right. I also love to see 
you know, Kershaw out on, out in the bullpen throwing, topping out at 85 because it's spring training and there's really nothing to, nothing to get worked up over. I love seeing that, but yeah, that's, that's pitchers and catchers. So, I mean, the, but there was one, uh, there were a couple, couple somewhat significant deals, uh, especially like locally, Andrew Benintendi getting traded to the Royals, uh, big thing with the Red Sox. He's, it's one of those things where, um, like with what the Cubs did, they, they let go of Schwarber, the Red Sox, they let go of Benintendi, who was a highly touted prospect, uh, from the time he came up, he didn't quite work out the way they thought he was going to. He had one, he had one pretty good year, four and a half win season. Yeah. And then 2017 was decent. 2019 was kind of disappointing. And then 2020 was a Injury riddled, bad year. Yeah. yeah. Just a just as a disaster. And uh they're moving on from each other. Andrew Benetendi being traded for uh, a weird package. Yeah, so it was a three-team deal. The Red Sox sent Andrew Benetendi to the Kansas City Royals. Uh kind of close, I guess close to his hometown. He's from Ohio. It's a little it's it's in the central. Uh still a few states away though. But nonetheless, they get Franchi Cordero, who I'm actually very interested in seeing what he can do in a full season of work because he hasn't had that yet. Uh, and they got uh, Josh Winkowski from the Mets. And the Mets got um, what was this guy's name? What was the what was the prospect? They uh, got? I the I, I didn't pay too much attention, but there were a lot of yeah. It was a three three uh, team deal. A lot of players got thrown around. Um, Franchi Cordero, you're intrigued by because he was able to hit the ball very hard last year. Khalili, that's what it was. Oh, yeah, Khalili going to the Mets. Yep, from who, the Royals. Who you may remember from Trevor Bauer's desert uh, live at bats mm-hmm. <laughs> as one of those just random minor leaguers <laughs> taking swings. But... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, and then there's a bunch of players being named later, like heading to the Red Sox. Yeah, there are. Um, it's very weird from a Red Sox perspective when you look at how many guys from the 2018 team are gone. Yeah, I think like half the team is already gone. It's only been three years in a big market. Yeah, and like I think there's more people from there. Might be more people from the 2016 Cubs left. It feels like. Yeah, and it, yeah, and not. It's not all like relievers and end of the rotation starters. It's yeah. like two of. Two of your outer, I guess right now, three of your outfielders, all three of your outfielders are not there. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you have, it, you're just left with, with not that much. Yeah, it's very weird to think about. Um, I I think he's going to do well in Kansas City. I mean, I feel like he just needed a change in environment. I don't know if you saw this, but he said something like, it feels good to, to feel wanted. So mm-hmm. I don't know what exactly the relationship was like between he and the front office, but that doesn't sound good if, it, he, if he wasn't feeling wanted. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is weird for him to say that. I mean, he, like the fan base enjoyed him, but what was going on internally might have been um, not as good. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, how? what was your initial feeling on it? My, I, I mean – Obviously, I'm a Red Sox fan, and you are too. So 
and I kind of expected it to happen. I wasn't expecting Kansas City, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Miami. I was thinking maybe even Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas City comes in. And I think it's interesting because he only has two years left on his contract, and the Royals probably are not going to be competing within the next two years. So a lot of people might, you know, people may ask why get this guy. I think, you know, his his trade value, as weird as it sounds, has never been lower than it is now. Yeah. Like his stock is at the lowest possible point. So I think the Royals are going to try to build that back up and maybe shift him somewhere else. So, so much for feeling wanted. Uh, but you know what? Maybe he can resign. Maybe Dayton Moore uh, is going to want to try to extend him at the end of his two years. Who knows? Yeah, it is. It is possible that, yeah, they uh, try to trade him. I mean, like if you're putting a guy with low market value who kind of came up with high market value where it's kind of dipped, you're like, oh, we could get back. We could rise that market value again and, you know, get something better for him. And, you know, if they do attempt to re-sign him, you know, from what we've seen, he's not a guy that's probably going to be that expensive unless he really raises his raises his game. So I don't think it's out of complete question that the Royals would uh, potentially re-sign him on like a four-year, even like $60 million deal. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, Josh Winkowski, the pitcher that came over in the deal, he was also in the, in the Stephen Matz trade. So this is the second time he's been traded within a month. Oh, oh yeah. He got, he got traded uh, from the Blue Jays to the Mets to now the Red Sox. So I want, yeah, I wonder if he's, I hope he didn't make any commitments to like any real estate or, or yeah. whatever, or Airbnbs or what have you. Well, he's a minor leaguer, yeah. so you don't know where he's going to be. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, And you don't even know if he's going to be playing, really. Really, that's, yeah, that is true. Yeah, with with Andrew Benintendi, yeah, it was, it's kind of a, it's weird. Like 2018, we thought we were seeing what Benintendi was going to be in the future. And then 2019, it kind of what wasn't exactly that. And we're thinking, oh, it's probably down year he'll probably 2020 will be a nice comeback year and then just didn't didn't turn out he to be 103 yeah 103 and not many extra base hits to go with that either no i think there's only one yeah he, he hit one double i think yeah and you know i wasn't you know i i wasn't that into the uh farm system when he was coming up i, I didn't get into the farm system until very recently. So I, I didn't have that much of an attachment to him, but um, it is weird to see another member of the 2018 team go. And, uh, you know, something that'll segue into our later discussion kind of means you have to get Jackie Bradley Jr. If you want to, you know, look like at least have the, uh, have the facade that you're potentially competing here because you don't want to have just Verdugo and Right. Renfro out there. I mean, I get that, you know, you want major league talent out there, but, you know, right now you have Cordero, uh, Verdugo, and Renfro out there, and then and potentially Bradley. But how much is the facade of them competing even worth it? If realistically, even if they get Bradley, they're probably going to be fourth in the division at best, maybe third. Yeah. It, like they're not, they're not going to be better than the Yankees. They're probably not going to be better than the Blue Jays. And I don't see them being better than the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. I mean, I think second third and fourth could be close somewhat you know the Rays, Rays have made a you know a downgrade a little bit 
um, even though they got like Patino out of that Snell deal and they lost Morton. The Blue Jays were the opposite. They made upgrades. Red Sox are just kind of in the middle. So, I mean, they could, you know, it. all it takes is, you know, some bounces going your way in certain games and maybe win four or five more than you should have. And maybe you're like a 90 win team, but. And that's, I mean, that's a, that's a absolute, like, that's like the ceiling. It feels like. Yeah. That's it. It feels like it. Yeah. It feels like that. I think they're like a 75 to like the, the floor and ceiling is like 75 to 90. Yeah. I would, I would, I would agree with that. Um, it probably won't get worse than last year, but it's still not looking like a playoff team right now. No. Um, but yeah, I think that does it on the Andrew Benintendi discussion. And I mean, yeah, you got Verdugo, potentially Renfro, Cordero, maybe Bradley Jr. And uh, Jaron Duran might be making a, a minor league option. Yeah, he might. Yeah. I don't know when he's supposed to be coming up. I know that like not having a season last year might have uh, delayed his development. So we'll see about that. But I remember like a couple of years ago, his ETA was 2021, but we'll see. He's the, uh, he's like a top five prospect in the Red Sox system, a center fielder too. And they have like a mid tier ish system. Yeah. It's it, yeah. It's, it's all right. It was bad. And then it, it's like some teams got worse than them. I think one, I mean, I think everyone will be watching Bobby Dahl back this year, like to see if he can take a step forward or not. Um, other than that, I mean, I don't really see. It's hard to see a lot of people like on this on this Red Sox team having like career years in twenty twenty one. Yeah, it seems that the players like maybe that, Devers. Yeah, the players that will be good will probably already have been good. Like yeah. the Bogarts, Bogarts and Devers. Devers, he can come back. Verdugo, Erod. Um, yeah, and like I mean, it's still a very talented team, but like the it's very top heavy. It feels like. Yeah, and. It doesn't seem that the off-season additions that they've made thus far are going to, you know, make that much, make that much of a difference. They yeah. seem to be just like guys mm -hmm. to tinker with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the Andrew Benintendi trade and the, the the state of the Red Sox currently. Um, a team that added uh, a left-handed pitcher, the Seattle Mariners. Went and made a free agent deal. They got a guy that they've already had for several years. James Paxton is uh, heading back to Seattle. James Paxton used to be like a remember the name type guy. The uh, 2020 was the worst season he ever had, but he was also hurt. But don't let that distract you because before that, the worst ERA he had ever had in a season was 390. And that was only in 67 innings pitched in 2015. This guy is a very good pitcher, a solid uh, veteran experience type of guy that is now coming in for the Seattle Mariners coming back in for the Mariners. You know, he already has personal ties to a lot of the, you know, the people in the, not necessarily the people in the clubhouse because that, that culture has changed since the last time he was there, but the coaching staff, the front office, he knows those guys well, and they trust him to lead that rotation as it goes into the sort of the developmental stages of a rebuild where you're going to start seeing guys coming up and making contributions to try and compete uh, on a later year. I don't know if this is necessarily the year for them, but, you know, Kyle Lewis won Rookie of the Year last year. They're going to expect him to take a step forward. They're going to expect Jared Kalanick to come up. 
Julio Rodriguez to come up at some point. Your guy, Logan Gilbert's going to be in the rotation headed by Paxton. He's probably going to be your opening day starter just by, you know, by affiliation if he's healthy enough, um, which I think there's a reason to be excited for. Mm-hmm. So I am glad to see this guy is going to head the rotation yeah. as it goes forward. And it's good to see the Mariners making a move on a, you know, a one-year deal, which is not something that you normally see out of a sort of developing team, but like, you know, the division looks, the AL West looks real slow right now. It looks open. There's no, you know, there's no team where you look at it and it's like, oh yeah, that team is going to win the division. You know, clearly like the A's and Astros would probably be the favorites for that, but no one looks like a team that's going to win much more than 90 games. No one, you don't look at any of those teams and say they're going to the ALCS. Yeah, that's exactly right. But then again, the Astros have made the last four. So who knows? (laughs) Yeah, the Astros, I still have no idea how the Astros pulled that off last year. I don't either. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Twins. Yeah, the A's obviously lost uh, George Springer, but they got Michael Brantley back. The Astros, or the A's lost. Marcus Simeon and Liam Hendricks, but they brought in, they got Mike Fires back. They brought in Yusmero Petit, and they also brought in um, Elvis Andrews in a Chris Davis trade, but he wasn't kind of a non-factor over the last couple of years, not as much as he was in 2018. Um, anyway, back to James Paxton. This guy is a very, very underrated pitcher. I believe he's 17th uh, among pitcher in pitcher F4 since 2017. I think that was it. Um He's been one yeah. of the more reliable pitchers in the league when he can be healthy. And I know that's, you know, the when you the when he can be healthy thing obviously seems so cliche and it seems like it's something that you're you're hoping for uh, to a certain degree. But, you know, if it's no doubt, if he can stay on the field, like this guy is going to be a viable option for the Mariners throughout the whole year. Yeah, he's had, like he does have that, he has, you know, number one, number two stuff. You know, he's got 9.9 strikeouts per nine, uh, career strikeouts per nine. I think 2.7 walks per nine is what I saw earlier. Yeah, 9.9 and yeah. 2.7. So, like, yeah, he's he has the stuff t- to uh, dominate a game. You know, we saw that, you know, like, I guess one game. And I know it's one game, but, you know, a 16 strikeout no hitter against the Blue Jays a, a couple of years back. Yeah, he's got great stuff. He is very good at run prevention, as as you mentioned. You know, outside of a FIP of three three one two. Yeah, outside of uh, last year. Yeah, the the FIP the FIP, <laughs> the FIP helps him out. Um, and I think see I think Seattle's become better defensively. So yeah, Dylan Moore and Evan White are both really good defensive options. Yeah, so that they might help him out more than he traditionally would have been helped out by a Mariners defense. Um, so that might correlate his FIP to ERA mm-hmm. more. Um, he's a guy that has a higher career ERA than FIP by a significant margin. So maybe his defense has something to do with that. But yeah, it looks it looks like a good deal. But and you know that AL West looks just pretty open still. It's weird. It does. Any uh, anything more on it? No, I think I got everything out that I needed to say. All right. Well, now we'll get into uh, some the remaining free agents, the re- remaining like significant free agents that 
may or may not make a difference on a on a team. We'll just kind of go through the the major ones. Um, I guess we should talk about uh, a guy in his mid thirties who had like an, an exceptional year last year. Kind of surprised us. Might have faded off towards the end, but Mitch Moreland. You know, it's hard to see where a guy like him could go. I think he's going to resign with the Padres. You know, they're going to need they're going to need as much help as possible this year fending off the Dodgers, not even fending them off, but catching up to the Dodgers. They had the 24th highest uh, F4 among first basemen last year. And Eric Hosmer is, you know, he's kind of a meme. Uh, and I don't know, he might go back to his traditional ways in back in a normal 162 game setting. And he's just a good guy to have on the bench for depth. He's very good at defense. He's won gold gloves before. Mitch Moreland's a guy that you're going to want to have on your team if you're the Padres. And I think that's where he ends up going. You know, he was already there. They know what he can bring to the table. So that's what I see happening. Uh, yeah, Padres, Padres would make sense. Um, unfortunately, we don't really know if a DH is – we still don't really know if a DH is happening. It's, so. I think it's not going to happen this year, but this is going to be like the last year because the CBA obviously expires after 2021. I think they're going to renew that and be like universal DH. Yeah. I mean, like it does like, there's no, uh, in the national league, I can't say for sure. Um, he'll go anywhere in particular, but the Padres would be a good spot because, you know, they're willing to spend, they're willing to spend on a guy that, probably will have some significant time on the bench like Moreland, but, you know, especially if there are no DH, even if there's no DH, then you have the caveat of we need pinch hitters. Yeah. Mitch Moreland would be a great pinch hitter uh, in that situation. So yeah, that would be a, a good spot for him. Um, I don't know, for some reason, I mean, like, I, I don't know how much he would cost, but I think it would be interesting to see him go to like Miami uh, I don't know why, but don't they have uh, Aguilar? If he platooned with Aguilar, yeah, potentially, or he played like a pinch hitter role on the Marlins. I don't know. It would be kind of uh, it would be kind of funny, but yeah, any National League team he probably would fit that role of mm-hmm. potential pinch hitter. Um, American League, I don't know if anyone, maybe the Angels, competitive has. Yeah, I mean like. Maybe the Mariners. Yeah, did the Angels have a first baseman? Jared Walsh. Yeah. Who was very good at the end of last season. Well, if he... But actually, probably, they're probably not because he's a lefty, so there's no point in getting another lefty first baseman. Yeah, unless they wanted to put him at DH. But yeah, Moreland... <laughs> Wait a minute. Jared Walsh, on his baseball reference page, it says he's a first baseman and pitcher. Because he pitched one game. Uh, in 2019, he pitched five innings. Wait, what? Gave up one earned run, had six walks and five strikeouts, a 274 ERA plus. And this, and mind you, he did really well last season. He had a 971 OPS. He pitched in five games? No, he pitched in one game. Oh, no, he did <laughs> pitch in five games. What the heck were the what? Angels doing? Uh, the Angels are hiding something from us. They got a second Otani on this team. Yeah. This guy's done actually more from both sides than Otani did. That's wait a minute. Why why is the national baseball world not been aware of this? He hasn't pitched since 2019. It was only five games, nonetheless, but I mean five strikeouts in five innings. 
There's yeah. a lot of guys that can't do that in Major League Baseball. I mean, that's baseball. like the standard now, but yeah, there are a lot of guys that are below the standard. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. He gave up. He was he went scoreless in his last four appearances. Zero ERA. Look at that. A I, four three six OPS against in a whopping four innings pitched. What's the BABIP against? Um, one forty three. Not bad. 143 BAP of a game. Well, that means that potentially that could go up. Um, it could, but um, you know what? If he, if that doesn't work out, he's got a 971 OPS in there's 100 always, plate appearances. There's always that. Yeah. Wow. The Angels have a secret Otani. They have a second one that they've been hiding from us. Five innings. It, five innings out of any position player in like a career is pretty crazy. Even like for uh, – um, Steve Wilker, Stevie Wilkerson. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, Moreland, he's kind of a guy that, yeah, you kind of probably will just have on the bench to pinch hit if yeah. you're in the National League. Maybe you put him at DH sometimes if you're in the AL. Um, and it might be the same situation with a guy like Brad Miller. Well, the, the MLB trade room was reported that he's returning to the Phillies. Uh, when was that? Three days ago. Three days ago. Yeah. It said on. MLB. It's not. It's not official yet, but. Yeah, because I was looking at MLB.com. But uh, I, I would. I would assume he's going back to the Phillies. He was there in 2019. Uh, he's been very good, actually, over his last. I know this is a very small sample size, but between 2019 and 2020, he has 341 plate appearances, which is about half a season. 853 OPS for a 123 OPS plus. It's, it's respectable for sure. Uh, especially that's a, a brief one-year deal type of guy that's going to do very well for them in Philly. And yeah. Yeah. I looked at, um, I was just looking at MLB.com and they didn't, they didn't have an official signing next to him. So yeah. it's not official yet, but the reports have been, uh, it's a one year three to three and a half mil with the Phillies. Yeah, that, that should be a good deal. And that makes sense too. It's probably what uh Moreland is going to be getting similar type players at this stage of their careers um so yeah i guess he will probably be returning to the phillies and i guess that's uh not a potential location for mitch moreland but now to uh maybe the most significant uh at least position player on the market right now uh jackie bradley jr a longtime center fielder for the red sox um who is on the market, you know, gold glove defender, you know, average to potentially below average hitter, um, but definitely has a value. And, you know, it, it seems that the teams interested have been like Red Sox, Astros, and Mets. Mets, yeah. I still, I see them going back to the Red Sox at this point. Like, like you mentioned, you have the facade that maybe they'll, they'll try to compete. I think that's kind of the bare minimum at this point, you know, bring back a guy that I think he would show interest in being back. And mm -hmm. if the team wants him, I'm sure that they can be able to work that out. Um, yeah. I would say he goes to the Red Sox. Now there's not much else to be said other than that. Yeah. Especially after the Benintendi deal, it seemed that uh, they were considering that more. And um, also on Twitter, we found that, uh, Franchi Cordero is given 16 instead of 19. Which is his number. Which is Jackie Bradley's number, number 19. 
Surprised they didn't retire it after Koji Uehara left the if Red only. Sox. If only. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, I uh, I get mad every time I see another Red Sox wear number 19, but, <laughs> you know, you can't always get what you want. Um, but, yeah, that seems like the place. And if it if not, it'll probably be either the Astros or Mets. He could help out a team like that, especially the Astros who just I think the Mets are going to get the next guy on this list. Um. Yeah, and the next guy on the list, Kevin Pillar, another former Red Sox. Pretty, pretty similar type of, pretty similar archetype of player from Jackie Riley Jr. The only difference is that he's a right-handed hitter. Yep. Very good at defense, good arm as well. Uh, I could see him. He'll probably end up being a cheaper option than Bradley, and I feel like that's what the Mets would go for. They'd go for the cheaper alternative here. Yeah, yeah, and in this scenario, and Pillar, yeah, he's a he's a big-time free swinger. Um, like his walk percentage is low. extremely low and is the difference between batting average and on base percentage is very low. But normally when you see a guy with a 260 career average, it's almost a given that they have a 300 plus OBP. Now nah, he is a 299. Yeah. He, uh, he does not go that. I mean, that's a guy with uh, MVP potential. Yeah. I mean, we saw this guy, we saw this guy have a spectacular 2019 where he, Finished 22nd in the MVP vote after, you know. An 88 OPS plus. An 88 OPS plus, only 12% below average. And, uh, you know, a nice looking like a 0.9 war season <laughs> from Kevin Pillar. You know, that's that's a guy you put in your yeah. top 10 in MVP. Yeah. If you're, that's if you're a guy a that you give a multi-year deal to any day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, yeah, and then right after that season, for some reason, he was non-tendered. <laughs> Lord, the Lord only knows. Uh, That's like if the Cubs were to let Ryan Tapera go this season. Yeah. Which they are, because he's a free agent. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, what what is up with these? What's up with these teams? You know, Bauer goes, and Tapera goes. <laughs> yeah. Pilar's going. It's ridiculous. Um, all these players with MVP votes just can't stay with their teams. But yeah, Kevin Pillar to the Mets. What's their outfield situation look like? Um, I mean, they have Smith. they have plenty of depth because they got Smith, they got Conforto, they got Nimmo. Yeah, Pillar would be Davis. The, yeah, there's no need for the Mets to get a starting center fielder. Yeah, like he could be a, I mean, they might use him as an, and like you said, like that's a decent guy to have off the bench yeah. in a, on a National League team. Yeah, that's, that is. If uh, you need to make like a defensive substitution, like that's the best guy you can pretty much put out there. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. That's true. Um, and I guess an, another somewhat similar type of player, maybe not as uh, great with range, but he has a great arm, uh, probably better offense than the previous two mentioned uh didn't find a team last year Yasiel Puig is also on the market he's uh also like Trevor Bauer with Luba Sports so maybe we could see an interesting deal well I mean there are some off the field issues regarding him that's true as of now I that probably is going to affect his market especially with you know the changing culture around the game of baseball Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if he's going to sign, to be honest, if you had to give me a team, 
You know what I'd do? I would throw out a team that you threw out earlier and say the Miami Marlins. Yeah, right. Like yeah. he's a he's a native of Cuba. You know, that's very close to his home. It's pretty much the closest team to his, you know, home home Nick country. Um, it's a team that is looking to bring fans in in any way possible. And Puig, obviously charismatic as he is, he can still be a viable option in that outfield. And he can bring some character to that clubhouse, you know, with a, with a culture that, that revolves around Latin American baseball, which he's kind of been a face of for the last decade. Mm-hmm. So I think the Marlins would be the best option for Puig. Yeah, trying to look at uh, their their outfield situation because pre- it's pretty much a guarantee you're going to put Puig in right or yeah maybe left. Uh, yeah, I mean, they had Matt Joyce out in right last year uh, for the most part, it seems, or Lewis Brinson. So either way, you're making an upgrade if you grab Yasiel Puig. And- I mean, Lewis Brinson made the big jump to a 226 average last year. Yeah, that's true. That is true. He we- got all the way up to a 72 OPS plus. I mean, you know, if he just keeps up this pace, if he gains, he'll be he'll be at average in like three seasons. Yeah, and then if he just keeps going for ten more seasons after that, he might win an MVP. He might. He might be able to. And do then that. if he gets has like a has a Jamie Moyer type career, he's gonna have the greatest season of all time. Yeah, he's gonna have a 275 OPS plus. Yep. He's gonna. Yeah, it'll be a 15 he'll he'll be the first guy to get a 1500 OPS total. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be that'll be fantastic. I cannot wait for the 2045 Lewis Brinson season. Yeah, I mean, how old is this guy? 26. 26. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's just getting started over here. Uh he'll be once once he hits 35, he'll really pop. Oh yeah. He'll really get going. Um but yeah, that's that is a uh it seems like the be- what would be the best option for yes, Puig. Yeah, that would be that would be fun to watch, I guess. And on to some pitchers. Um, two of the biggest ones out there. We'll start off with uh, Jake Odorizzi. He's a guy that uh, didn't have a good didn't have a good year last year. He seemed to be injured uh, pretty much the whole year. But he was, he's kind of a guy that's been up and down throughout his career, been hovering around that 100 ERA plus, and is just kind of a guy you put in third or fourth in the rotation. I mean, pitchers are weird to talk about because, you know, every team kind of has an opening with starters, you know, unless you're talking about like the Dodgers or Padres or Braves. Or, I have a take. Yeah. This team has made a lot of – under the radar, very good acquisitions this offseason. I think they're going to continue it with Jake Odorizzi. That is the San Francisco Giants. The Giants? Yeah. Yeah, I I did uh, I did search his name on Twitter, and there was some support from Giants fans looking to I think that would be a great him. option for San Francisco. Yeah, because they've – they have uh, – they got Gos- – They got Jake McGee. They got – Gosman on the qualifying Matt Whistler. Matt Whistler. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. Especially if they're trying to flip guys for trades, he's not going to sign for more than a one-year deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be a nice spot. And then uh, Taiwan Walker pr- should be going to the Blue Jays. That's what I was going to say. I think he yeah. re-signs with the Blue Jays. He did very well there last. He had one like tough start. And other than that, he was nails in the month that he was there and mm-hmm. they they need starting pitching depth more than anything. So I think that it almost seems, I mean, it seems too perfect 
picked almost. Yeah, and uh, Matt Shoemaker just signed with the Twins, so yep. that's another guy that they're losing that they lost, who uh, who was valuable last year. And uh, after Taiwan Walker, there's there's a bunch of right-handed relievers out there. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal was kind of the most eye-popping to me, mm-hmm. even though you know his only good year in the past, you know, like five years was the shortened 2020 season. Mm-hmm. It was like extremely dominant though. It was. No, you're right. I mean, um, yeah, on Savant too. I mean, the, 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 the default answer is the, always the Phillies. Yep. So it's it's very tempting to say them. And that and I mean, they they need all the relief help they can get. I, I like the idea of him re-signing with the Padres. I know that the Yankees are a team that have checked in. The Yankee fans have been adamant about bringing him in. Maybe a Cardinals reunion could be interesting. There's definitely a lot of options there. Uh, it's hard not to say the Phillies, though, just because just because they need it. Yeah, and they haven't really gone after the free agent um, relievers yet, have they? No, because they, they got Alvarado and, Brad, and Bradley. Yeah, via trade. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they haven't gone on the free agent market for a reliever yet, and luckily they have guys like Rosenthal out there, and there's also uh, – should go back to the uh, MLB.com <laughs> thing, uh, MLB free agents. But yeah, the Brandon Workman was in there. Brandon Workman, that could be a you know a reunion, potentially. You know, especially with relievers, it's so hard to judge off of a 2020. Yeah, Brandon Workman's uh, his 2019 season was the only in baseball history with 70 plus innings pitched and less than 30 hits allowed. Yeah, very impressive. We don't know the how about that, unfortunately, but just Ex- pretend it's there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, Roberto Osuna's out there. I don't know if any team's going to want to take that risk. Yeah, if he the, is twenty six, though. If the Astros let him go, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what teams are trying to get it. I mean, did did he have was it elbow surgery that he got? Yeah. I mean, not if he got, and it was Tommy John, right? Yep. I mean, yeah. It, I know. Um, if he got it in like August, I don't think anyone's going to be taking. It'd a have to be like him. a two-year deal. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's like what the Mariners just did with Ken Giles. They signed a two-year deal with him. He's coming off of Tommy John surgery. He'll be pitching in the 2022 season. Yeah, and what the the Dodgers did that with Tommy Canely. Yep, and um, the Padres did it with Clevenger. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Jeremy Jeffress is out there. Rosenthal's out there. I feel like it'd be weird to to pick out all these guys individually. I think it's kind of just we just named some teams that could use right-handed relievers, and we just named I think enough that are <laughs> out there. Yeah, I mean yeah. the the Red Sox could always use pitching. I mean they've every team could always use pitching. They could, the, the Braves are definitely a team because they I'm pretty sure they lost Mark Melanson recently. He just signed somewhere. Yeah, uh, they're losing Shane Green as well. It's a free agency. The Braves are definitely need a team that needs some bullpen help. The Braves should bring Green back. They should, hypothetically, yeah. Yeah. Um, Surprised they haven't yet. Yeah, but Rosen Rosenthal, like he's just the one guy that's just out there that probably shouldn't still be out there. Exactly. I mean, he, you know, the default, you know, retraction of that is his only good season has been the the, the sixty game season as a reliever. That's maybe not very trustworthy, but. He definitely made some type of transformation. Like last last year, like everything on Savant is ex woba, 99th percentile, ex expected ERA, which I love, 99th percentile, 
expected batting average 99th percentile, expected slugging 98th percentile, uh, strikeout percentage 99th percentile, whiff percentage 95th percentile, fastball velocity 99th percentile. I mean, it's he's amazing. He was amazing last year. Uh, you you got to sign him to a you know at least a one year deal if you're if you're the Phillies, you should probably do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any, we got anything else? I, I don't think so. It's it's so, been. A, let's cut it off there. Yeah, this was a brief one. You know, this is a uh, a transitional phase. We go from the, you know, kind of the the crescendo of the off season was Trevor Bauer signing last week, and then it's kind of we fade into the uh, the falling action of it and. You know, next week we are going to be starting our division previews. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be doing one a week. And I think one of the division previews will fall on the uh, the uh, last episode before the season starts. Mm-hmm. So I guess we could conjoin that with like our, with our predict- season predictions. Yeah. With our predictions. But, you know, we didn't. If we knew it was going to be so slow, maybe we would have. If we if we uh, plan we could have planned to have um, the division previews start this week, but we really didn't recognize it until today. Um, so we're going to start those next week. We, we'll probably do the NLs NL Central. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's always like least competitive to most competitive, or like least exciting to most exciting. Yeah, so the NL Central is competitive, but I think that's the weakest division. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. AL Central next. Might go Central. It might go Central. Central. What's what's East, the East, most intrig- What's the most intriguing division? Probably the mm, like the AL East, AL, NL East, AL East, NL East, NL West. Um, NL West is just two teams. NL West is sort of like. But it's going to be one of the biggest storylines of the year. It's interesting and uninteresting at the same time. Yeah. In that, like, the the battle at the top is going to be so great but But everything else doesn't matter no yeah nothing else matters in the in the words of metallica nothing else matters in that nls but yeah the two at the top is it's going to be fantastic you might be seeing like two 100 win teams yep at the top there um so that'll be exciting but the 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 other three-fifths of the division not not looking great uh, unless the Diamondbacks bounce back, I don't know what the heck happened last year. <laughs> they I mean, were they were in your NLCS. Yeah, well, part of it, I did, I wasn't saying that they were going to be like a force. I said they were a six seed, but I loved the pitching staff. Yep. And I was like, you got Mad Bum there. You got Robbie Ray in there. You got Luke <laughs> Weaver. You got Zach Gallon. Yeah, I was you got the, Mad Bum. Yeah. I was like, Mad Bum, Gallon, and Weaver are going to take over, <laughs> and they're going to get past whoever it was like the Braves and the, the Nationals Cubs, yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Actually, you, you had the Cubs finishing fourth. Yeah, the Cubs finishing fourth. But yeah, I, once the expanded playoffs got announced, I was like, I was pu- pushing all my chips in on the Diamondbacks. Yep, and then they and t- had like the worst start. Yeah. <laughs> I remember they were, the entire team was my slightly alarming one time. Yeah. It was it was bad. It was yeah. their offense because they had 59 weighted runs created plus as a team after like two weeks. Yeah, exactly. It was it was real bad, and uh, it didn't get that much better. Especially like 
yeah, the pitching staff was bad. Like my player to watch, Carson Kelly, was atrocious. Uh, I hit on one of those players to watch and then absolutely whiffed on the other because I had two for that team. You had uh, Zach Gallen and Luke Weaver. Oh, yeah, Zach, Zach Gallen. Zach Gallen was absolute nails. Yeah, that was, I think that was like my number one like best hit yeah. on players to watch. Yeah, he was great, but yeah, Luke Weaver was not great. But yeah, um, we'll get into the division previews next week, starting with the uh, with the NL Central. So yeah, we hope you enjoyed uh, this MLB News edition of Above Replacement Radio. If you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio. And we hope you enjoyed the MLB News episode of uh, February 16th. And we hope to see you on Thursday where we're going to be talking about the 1988 Los Angeles Dodgers. See you then.